Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Venture Stories by Village Global. I'm here today with very special guests, Greg Eisenberg, Michael Galpert. This is round three of uh, Consumer Social Annual Roundup. You know, of course, Consumer Social has been tough last couple of years, so we actually lost one. Donnie Dinch didn't make it for round three. RIP. <laughs> Maybe you'll make it for round four if uh, Consumer Social picks up, but the, the few, the proud remain. Michael and Greg, welcome to the podcast. What up? How you doing? So this is 2020, again, round three. Let, let's just quickly recap What's what's happened since the, since the last time we came on? What what is sort of the ethos of of consumer right now? What are consumer founders building? You you two of course were working on consumer social products and are, are now moved on to different uh, different adventures relative to what you, what you guys were doing. Maybe Greg, we'll start with you. Why don't, why don't you recap what's different a year ago now today than than was a year ago? Um, yeah, so I think one of the big things that's happened is the vertical social network is here and here to stay. Um, and what I mean by that is what you're seeing is um, a lot of people developing uh, social networks um, for specific audiences. It could be for your Uber driver or old people or you name it and thinking about how to do that. And, you know, I think that started off uh, getting really popular with, um, you know, Discord was probably one of the first ones that like hit built, you know, unicorn status. Yeah. Um and I think uh, what you're going to see over the next one, two, three, four years is just a lot more uh, investment. I think the investment community is finally excited a bit, of, uh, finally excited again about social, right. and they're going to invest a lot of dollars into into vertical social networks. So that's one big piece that I think uh, that I'm happy is happening. I think I mean since we last spoke, I you know worked on a bunch of different uh, social apps. Um, and eventually decided that I didn't see the market um, being able to sustain a cheap like growth strategy for social. Yeah. Um, and then you, like you look at TikTok as an example, and we can talk about that if it's a social product or not. Um, but they spent you know like three billion dollars to get where they are today, and maybe you know that's the cost of getting scale um today is 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 spending that amount of cash and i come from the school of thought of like testing and iterating in in sort of smaller communities and seeing what like sort of what greg was saying is that you start with like a vertical uh a core audience and you build from there um the problem is is that core audiences today have already the tools that they need to to aggregate or or to communicate um, and it's just about streamlining that for them in ways that they can't communicate. And, that, yeah. and that's what um, Craig was talking about, about like spe- special things for drivers or what have you. Um, so like I, I, I think especially in the U.S., like specifically, like I might, I might have, um, you might have seen that like tweeted yesterday, like the biggest competitor to any social app in, in the U.S. is still is Apple, is, is, is messages, is FaceTime. Um, because, you know, some stat like 86% of teens in the U.S. Um, have an iPhone. Yeah. 
So, of course, that's going to be the, the case there. And yes, they have Snap or Instagram or whatever to communicate, but their BFFs is, you know, in, in that world, in the messages world. Um, so it's hard to sort of surpass that or uh, implement a new form of uh, behavior. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Gaming is, is the forefront of so many things. Um, you know, people said after Twitch, maybe we would see live video for, for different verticals, different categories. And as far as my understanding, we haven't, we haven't seen that yet. Is it possible that Discord is sort of uh, might follow a similar trend and that it's unique to gaming? Or, or do you really think, Greg, we're going to see Discords for, for different categories? And if you were starting Island, obviously Island's had a nice acquisition we work, but if you were starting it today, would you have started it? Uh, would you start it on a specific vertical uh of, of, of type of user instead of uh, you just started with college students but was that more horizontal in some sense I mean we started with I, I've had this thesis on uh, vertical social networks since 2015 you know in 2015 I said group chat is the new social network which now seems obvious but back then people literally called me crazy um, I tweeted uh, not long ago um, a future of social tweet um, and I'd like to talk about it um, so what I said was the future of social is paid centered around vertical communities feels like a game completely new ways of discovering content non broadcast model has a virtual economy shopping is a key part of it eventually has a physical component has 3100 plus likes. So I think people really resonated with it. Um, I think if I were to start Islands today, I would have, again, like I had this thesis around the format, group chats. I still believe very much in the format, but I went to start in college because, you know, the truth is college kids don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to build paid social services right now. Yeah. Um, people spending five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. Um, so I think like one piece of feedback I'd have for uh, people who want to start social apps here in 2020 is just who's going to pay and who's going to pay a lot. Yeah. And what are some categories? What, what could that look like? I mean, uh, you know, I like the app um, Hodinky, actually, which is a, uh, an app, a beautiful app. Um, Kevin Rose's thing, Kevin Rose's thing um, for watch collectors. Yeah. So they basically like picked a utility which was like really good content for watch collectors, created a marketplace. So that's the other beautiful thing about social is if social and marketplaces come hand in hand. So if you build a community, those, that group of people will want to potentially buy something or sell something. So I think what Hadinki did really well is they got people in with this really cool, uh, great high quality content. And then they had this marketplace and then they could add community, et cetera. And people are buying like Rolexes for like 75 grand. So like, yeah, obviously, you know, that's a great, like, even if there's not that many of those people, like those people will pay. But if we're here in 2030 and we're reflecting back on, you know, what were the $20 billion exits or $20 billion companies of, of the decade that were started, you know, post January, you know, 2020, are they likely to be these vertical uh, communities that start off as, you know, something for watches or something for, um, you know, people in fintech or, or whatever it is? Or what, or is it something totally different? Think of it, I mean, I think it's going to be these vertical networks and it might be a bundling of the vertical network. So I think like 
when you walk into a shopping mall today, like, what do you see? You see all different, you know, you see GameStop, which is a store for gamers. You see, like, um, I've been walking to shopping mall in a while, but like PacSun, which is like for skateboarders. It's like you have all these, like, kind of, mid, you know, mini vertical stores, marketplaces. And I think, like, Facebook is the, the beauty about social in 2020 is that Facebook Inc., including, you know, and I think I said this on your podcast last time, which is Facebook is the Walmart of the Internet. So as Facebook Inc. continues to be Walmarty, um, there's an opportunity for people to create these like, and I hate the word, but bespoke experiences. Um, you hate the word because it implies small? Small, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, don't go into a VC, like that's a bad word to, to, to say bespoke to a VC because they're just, they'll write you off. Um, but I do believe that like there's, there's going to be a bunch of experimentation in vertical social networks, uh, over the next, you know, couple of years. Um, and then I think we'll be able to see, um, one or a couple leaders who end up, uh, expanding horizontally. So what I hear you say, uh, Greg is you just are describing the future of commerce as being social. Um, I don't hear it as like the future of social networking per se. So what I mean by that is um, we have, like how do you disrupt Amazon? Like in my opinion, is the way you described it, is you have these verticals, like you're not gonna buy a Rolex off of Amazon, right? So you're gonna buy it off of a, like a community site or trusted content uh, provider. But in terms of like networking and social stuff, that I think about like how we're going to communicate in 2030. I think uh, we'll still have the same dynamics, but I think there'll be new platforms. And I think that's where we're, that's the problem with building social today is we don't have a new platform to build upon. And um, right, the biggest quote unquote social thing that has come to date um, has been TikTok, but I wouldn't call it a social product. It's more of like a broadcast product, yeah. like a YouTube, yeah. right? So. Um, I'm, I'm long TikTok because I, I think that even though all TikTok creators strive to be YouTube famous, I think they can bridge that gap, um, and make it sort of relevant for people to actually care about being TikTok famous, not YouTube famous. Um, but from, from networking and connecting to people, um, yes, it'll be around content. Um, I'm always of the belief that that social networks grow from the content and not from the people that are there. Like other people say like, oh, it's about the people that are there then the content. But going back to my point earlier about networks being, uh, your your, like social networks are in iMessage or, you know, FaceTime. Um, The content doesn't exist there. You have to bring the content. So if you can provide places that have rich content that you're going to, then you'll start meeting other people. You'll have these like loose yeah. connections. And that's what Twitter is, is like you have the, the contents there and then you're meeting people that ha- resonate with the same content you do right. um, or the same ideas. So I don't know what 2030 looks like. I just, because I think that we'll have a platform shift and the si- seismic yeah. shift, or I'm hopeful we'll have a seismic shift like we did with the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, what that looks like, whether it's like, you know, uh, contact lenses, whether that's, you know, earbuds that are, you know, cooler than the AirPods. I don't know. Um, But I'm still not, I'm still hopeful that 
there are new ways to connect and still exploring that. I don't, yeah, I'm hopeful too, but I think because we don't have that new platform shift. Oh, totally. We, we, we gotta, we gotta build what we have. And I think like going back to your point earlier around, well, isn't this just like a good e-commerce strategy? It actually is a good e-commerce strategy. I think that like, uh, you know, if I was building, you know, e-commerce, I would be thinking about it very similarly. What it comes down to is like, um, Facebook is a lot like Amazon and Amazon is a lot like Facebook in the sense that it's just like very utility oriented and it doesn't really speak to a particular audience. And if you could create something that really speaks to someone, an audience that is an MVA, a minimal viable audience, then you have the opportunity to do like you, you, it's like you have my attention, like you've built something for me. You're speaking to me in a way that like Facebook won't. And like, when I look at Facebook, it's like, you know, speak to anyone on the street. It's like, what do you use Facebook for? Oh, groups, maybe messenger. Like that's what people use it for. Groups, I think has a billion monthly active users. Like it's working. So, um, and it's working in this like cookie cutter fashion. So how do we like, how do you think about, how do you like not make a cookie cutter? And that's, and that was what islands was, you know, islands was a slack, but for college that really spoke to that audience. And like, the reason we were able to like get such high penetration and so quickly on college was because people were like, "Oh man, like you're, you're, you have the you have the words University of Alabama like on your website, and, and like you're, you're, you understand my needs, and and it's that like nuances that you have to figure out. So like for the people listening, it's like pick your audience that you really know well that you can like out nuance anyone, and then like think about how you could test those ideas really quickly and cheaply via like landing pages or like just, yeah, just cheap prototypes, get insights and, and, uh, think about how you can create some utility. Um, I think it was Bobby Goodlatte had a uh, tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it around like V1 of Instagram. Did you see that one? I'll pull it up. But basically he was saying, um, how, like every great social network starts as a utility. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when Instagram first started, like the first six months, the amount of people that you followed was like one. Like there were, no one had f- followers or following. Like people were just using it for the utility yeah. of the filters and sharing it. So right. totally. Like that's, uh, I totally agree with that. And that's like the Chris Dixon, you know, thing, which is like come for the tools, stay for the network. Um thing post he wrote a while ago and i think it my i guess this is the same thing what the way greg's thinking about it is i think it's stay come for the content and then stay for the network um in in terms of different ways that you couldn't like in the hodinky example yeah i mean the way i'm thinking about it now is like the updated chris dixon quote is come for the tool stay for the vertical network and like the tool, yeah, most likely it's content because that's just like a great tool. But sometimes it's like something that we've never even thought of that just like speaks to this audience and it's like really cool and nifty. And it's like when, you know, there's this like uh, narrative around people don't download apps. Yeah. I mean, obviously they download apps. Like look at TikTok as, as an example. Yeah. Um, but it's thinking about like... Um, 
when someone tells someone else like about what an app is, um, that one liner, usually that one liner is some sort of utility. Oh, I use, I use Instagram because like I can take a photo and put a really cool filter on it and like share it easily with my, you know? So it's like, think about what that one liner is, wrap that around like your utility, find the MVA and, and hopefully like think about like the winner, the, the, you know, $20 billion company or whatever is going to be the one that's thinking about horizontal from day one. Yeah. In addition to vertical, like after they expect, yeah. yeah. I think so let's talk about TikTok. So that's the things really pop in the last few years. One is just observation. It's amazing that an incumbent didn't figure that out or didn't, you know, or Vine didn't even get, get to that scale. Or I mean, Twitter killed Vine, RIP. Yeah. So yes. like you, everyone can blame Twitter for, right. For but even that, I but mean, Facebook experiment with video, like why, why didn't any other incumbent figure it out? And then two, you know, Ben Rubin came on this podcast a couple weeks ago and said, hey, TikTok doesn't have identity. So it's unlikely to last similar that it similar to how HU Trivia didn't last. Meerkat House Party didn't last to some degree. I mean, does going back to my original statement, does YouTube have an identity? It's a good question. For for creators, it does. Yes. Right. You're tied to the creator. Right. Yes. Um, a coworker of mine uh, and I, we, we did a TikTok competition and I'm going to brag. Yes. So straight up, we, we basically had a competition of who would become more TikTok famous um, under pseudonyms. Like we couldn't use our self promo on this yeah. stuff. And, you know, she posted like 50, 50 different types of content. I posted three. I had one that went viral, wow. but it was trash. Like it was total trash. It took me like two seconds to do. I'm not going to share it with any of you guys, yeah. right? It doesn't have my face on it or anything, but the algorithm gods decided that it was going to hit with, you know, wow. the, the youth. And it did. Um, and so do I care about that identity? No. Right. But I think a lot of, but if someone cares about becoming TikTok famous, and that's the thing about TikTok is, you know why you're posting there. You're not posting to share with friends. You're posting to become famous. Mm-hmm. And the other fun stuff, and it has a cool editor that you could yeah. use. Um, that you maybe you'll download it and post it to your Snap or your to in- yeah. Instagram, like. Um, but no one's people will have multiple TikToks to have yeah. to try different things. But I've seen you know multiple accounts have you know millions of views and then they've only posted a couple times, then it's gone. It's like oh that person probably doesn't care. To Ben's point, they don't care about keeping up with that game. Right. But there are a lot of people that do, and a lot of people like consuming it. Like the most random people have told me like. Dude, my favorite app on my phone is TikTok. Um, and they're not creating. They're consuming. So that's why I give it as a YouTube uh, example as opposed to a social network like a, a Snapchat. Is uh, In your mind, is YouTube a social app or an entertainment app? Oh, it's broadcast. It's, it's straight up entertainment. In the same way, like TV is social, right? You talk about the content. Yeah. Um, but there's no TV to your point. There's no TV community where I can say like, Hey, we're all watching this right now. That could be an awesome vertical network. It's like everyone who's watching the office right now on Netflix can chat, right? Whatever it may be. And you can build those, those networks, um, accordingly. So TikTok popped and it wasn't this crazy novel behavior. Like we'd seen elements of it before. They just did it right, whatever, packaged it right. And it, like if, if we're talking five years, building with what we have, to use Greg's point, 
what else could pop? Like, for example, you know, is there a read in the same way that TikTok was sort of a better version of Vine? Are there better versions of Path or Secret or Yik Yak or something else that's location based or HU Trivia or something else that we're talking the next few years? It was like, wow, this thing is really popping, has staying power and is based on is based on existing behaviors that never really took off or whatever, or, or things that were existed, existed at one point, but didn't pop for whatever. Well, reason. I think in general, like this is a good framework for thinking about building social apps, which is like people, humans, social behaviors don't really change. They are always going to care about things like status and reputation and, um, entertainment and stuff like that. I wish someone, and maybe a listener could, can create like the, I know there's versions of this, but like, uh, social hierarchy needs um and what that looks like um when it you know one of my favorite quotes around uh social is this guy josh harris have you guys seen we live in public that documentary so basically this dude who is like og pioneer of internet and social products back in the 90s um you guys should totally watch i think it's free to watch even um on youtube it's a trip dude and he he basically creates a social experiment in 1999 december where he invites all these people to like hang out in like underground in manhattan somewhere are you familiar with the hype house right now like on tiktok or like youtube houses Uh, yeah so like like basically like team 10 has a youtube house this basically forced people into living 24 hours in these bunkers like think about like a japanese hotel where like people have like different um like rooms, you know, like, uh, I don't know what they're, those hotels that are called, why is it blanking? But anyway, and force them to live together. And it's always, every room's recorded, their bedroom's recorded. It's TV's everywhere, everywhere. like remotes everywhere. There's like a shooting range. There's like public, like the showers are even public. And it's called We Live in Public because he was foreshadowing basically where we are today and the state of the world where we are today. And he was brilliant about it. And he says a quote that is Andy Warhol once said that everyone would want 15 minutes of fame. And then he was like, in the future, everyone's going to want 15 minutes of fame every single day. And he predicted it. And that's an example of like fame and and people wanting fame. So I think like creation of great social, like there's always going to be new social products because, you know, people are this you know the same but different and and you know people are looking for new ways to interact but also old ways to interact and 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 ways that speak to them and i think um yeah i just think that there's a lot of opportunity for people to um to keep on building so to that point i think we'll have we'll have more private networks um like as a response to all this like public stuff like you can only play you're not going to play multiple tiktok games like i don't think there's going to be um another like to your point to your original question is like hey what projecting forward what's going to happen it's like you'll have a response to tiktok of like is just more snapchat like i think snapchat grows because the people that are trying to post to tiktok or the people that are trying to post to instagram is like a completely different behavior and you want that intimate experience you want more like closed networks right you um like i saw a thing today uh that you know more people are posting to 
uh, by people I mean tw- teens today are posting, which teens are just like a leading indicator of where everyone else right. will behave because as they grow up, that's their, their norm and they're more easily, they adopt new behaviors quicker. Um, is they're, they're using Snapchat private stories yeah. instead of having fake Instagram accounts. Mm. Like people are done with Finstas. They're just posting to Snapchat. And it's like, because Instagram is now, they've once they implemented stories, their whole thing is, we're just about showing, like bragging. Like you're showing that status. Dude, I went on this epic vacation, right? Um, but you're, you're posting the mundane to, to Snapchat, that intimate experience that you want to share on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, where we, we go, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone knows. I think you could look back to like, what behaviors are people doing in mass? And that was the thing. Like when Vine died, I was like, I, I think it was more of like a structural thing. Like Twitter just didn't know what to do with it, you know, as an outsider, because Vine was based in New York, uh, Twitter and SF, and they just didn't, you know, and Jack Dorsey didn't need a third company to be CEO of, like like it was really just figuring out what do they do with it yeah. and that's why it died on the vine <laughs> dad so um the real thing is is that that was a behavior that existed same thing with musically musically was a behavior that yes it was it aged out like you were if you were in middle school you were creating your own music videos right it once you hit high school you couldn't do it so what what tiktok smartly did is the moment they acquired musically is they started showing off other things besides music videos yeah. of people dancing. Like there was like comedy bits and other like Vine-esque things to show that it had a broader appeal. Yeah. Did Dove Smash go anywhere? I mean, it still has a large audience, but not nowhere near, you know, uh, TikTok. That's the, uh, the maddening part about being a social app entrepreneur is that you can be so close and it's so nuanced and just like you're, you're, you think, you know, you're, you're like, oh my God, like you're the CEO of Dove Smash and you're like, I have, you know, 8 million DAUs right now and I'm like top five app, you know, top five app in the app store or whatever it is. And it's like, I'm going to be the next Evan Spiegel and then bam, um, something, you know, and I think it's, you're so close, it's, you're so close and listen, it's why don't they get there? Like the Ben Rubin almost twice, right? With House Party Meerkat, you know, HQ Trivia, Dub Smash, I mean, a bunch of others. So close, got so viral for so long. What's up? Why are they not Spiegel? Because they didn't acquire companies. So Snapchat, every successful feature that Snapchat has launched has been in, through an acquisition. And like you could tie it down. They, they the emojis and yeah, like, all that stuff. Um, and like even the the chat, like Search. DMs, everything, everything, everything. Like you can map everything was not uh, was tied to an acquisition, and it's because it's growing a company is not a one feature game. Like you could grow through like um, network effects and or virality or whatever you, through one feature, right? To what um, Greg said, you need to get that one line that people know right away, succinctly tell their friends, yep. you got to get this for X. But then they're done doing X. And now everyone, Facebook, Google, whoever, copies X. Yeah. You know, even iMessage now, like you could send disappearing messages, right? Like everyone will copy that one thing because they're like, oh, people want this. We should implement it. So they're implementing what people want. So fine, great. 
So now it's the next thing that you can grow that audience and make you, yourself still relevant till right. today. And I think Evan Spiegel's done a magical job of like one predicting directionality where everyone's going and what yeah. we should purchase beforehand. Um, and Google did the same thing. Like all of Google's properties were like in the early days where yes, they had search, they nailed that. It's like, but to become like a juggernaut, you have to keep either building or buying. And it's usually easier to buy yeah. than build internally. Wow. And the, it's interesting. The, as we think is attention, you know, attention is limited. Uh, you can't create more of it. Have we reached our limits in the sense of for there to be a new thing to pop off, like the next path or the next secret or the next whatever, it has to take time away from something else, i.e. Snap, YouTube, Facebook? Like, have we, is, is that one way to think about it? And the next question I have is, you know, for the generation five years after, 10 years after, you know, now, like, will Snap serve them or will be the, is there always going to be a new social network for every generation? So... Uh, you know, your last question, will there be a snap for like, you know, one new snap every, for every generation? I think the truth is there's an opportunity every five years, five to seven years for some type of new company to come out. But the bigger companies today are just a lot smarter about building and buying. So it's just, the chances are a, a lot lower, which is going back to your earlier point is like, you know, looking at, you know, you mentioned Ben Rubens, like he gets lightning in a bottle and he ki- like he kills it and, and so close to building like a multi-billion dollar company. But like a lot of the bigger companies just end up copying all the great work that he does. So there's an opportunity. So, but the opportunity is less than it's been. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think it's the reason why it's that five to seven is because people age out. And I, I think most of behaviors from social uh, like networks come from from teens and today at least. And I don't and like honestly like middle school like who are copying teens. Yeah. And there's an interesting uh, shift that happens from when you're graduating from middle school to high school and from high school to college. And whatever network transfers over easily it'll have staying power for that five to six years um and right so like i think it really depends on yes time but as well as platforms like or new behaviors and the reason why you know instagram was able to do instagram and facebook couldn't build instagram from day one yes they had ego but also like mobile wasn't a mindset for Facebook, right? Now Facebook's large enough that everything's they have a, you know, they have more people working on every startup idea out there yeah. right now. Right? Shout out to the people working on on social at Facebook. But they're literally like teams like 100 person teams. Wait, why are we shouting out people who work on social at Facebook? <laughs> no, because they're wor- like they're just looking at what's on the market and and just trying to build the same thing. Like they're, they're listening trying to, to this. Yeah, they're listening. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, so they have like 100-person team, and if you're like a four-person startup, you're competing against that. So it's you got to work on the edges where they can't touch, or they're like, oh, that doesn't make sense yeah. to me. And I think there are things that don't make sense uh, right now, and there are a bunch of things that are like, you know, maybe it's a calendar app that's the next social thing. Um and there are a bunch of different apps in, in the space right now that are exploring that. Um, 
there's other different verticals that might not be on the horizon. Audio. audio too. Like, you know, I don't know. Last time we spoke about, hey, there should be like an audio Twitter. As I, I explored that uh, a bit, I think that from a content perspective, um, I think new it's a content and new networks. And new content networks usually come from exclusive content. And most podcasts can you can access from anywhere. And it's in people's best interest if they want audio to be shared, to be shared right. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and there isn't really like stolen audio anymore, right? right? Like where YouTube was stolen content when it first started. Uh, stolen content is on Spotify, right? Like music and all that stuff is on YouTube and Spotify. What about the TTYL use case? Uh, talk about it. Like, as far as is audio social network able to see who sort of what house party was doing around presence but in the yeah i mean the audio that's yeah. that's the stuff that that uh you know discord and and yeah. all this people are trying to do and and it is is a behavior right so that's a thing that people or and same thing with facetime like people yeah. will be on a facetime with video off and it's just like they're talking to their groups so going back to original thing is like if you're trying to connect people that are already friends yep it's an upward battle, not because of Facebook, Google, it's because of Apple, right? Um, if you're trying to get connect people that are loosely affiliated, um, you have a better chance. But most of the time, it'll resort to if you make that tie connection, it's like, hey, are, what's your iMessage? What's your Snap? What's your Instagram? Wherever it is. And then you start building yeah. that. My, my buddy, Julian Smith, co-founder of breather said i think he tweeted this where he said every app eventually adds messaging which i agree with and then one thing i would add to that is that every app eventually adds a physical component so one area i'm really interested in is like less digital only social networks and social networks that leverage physical and digital or just use digital to get you into physical can you give an example of that um, like Soho House or something. Or? So Soho House is interesting. Um, I think Raya is a re- one of the most interesting companies that no one really talks about. Which Raya is a invite only, um, vertical social social network really for, um, creative people that they charge like ten bucks a month. Um. Yeah, so it's it's very tar- you know, very targeted to that network and the the number one utility for it has been dating. Yeah. Um and it's integrated with your Instagram so you can like go to other people's Instagrams and but you know, ultimately the reason why you know, people pay for it is is it's it's you know, speaks to that vertical. Um and you can imagine that like someone like Raya could compete with Soho House, yeah. which is now a 2 plus billion dollar company. Which, you know, for those of you who don't know, Soho House is like an invite-only members club. So I think you're going to see a lot more convergence between physical and digital. And I also, and the, the other thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, when you're building a social app, you're competing against Facebook Inc. and Snap Inc. Um, and it's hard. And those folks generally purely focus on software and digital. Yeah. So, you know, think about how you could differentiate a bit so i'm going to take the counter on that 
Yeah, so I think people will connect uh, virtually more so than they do physically just because it's harder to get out to different places, right? Like, yes, you'll have in major cities, you'll have um, a Soho house or whatever venue, but you're not going to have um, different like places for people to connect IRL like you did Back in the day, like when I'm specifically in the video game space where like you would have an arcade to go to or whatever, like you were hanging out next to other people that were like minded. So you'll start connecting more to people in these virtual spaces. Maybe. I hope that the next generation of social entrepreneurs are thinking are thinking about and I'm not saying it's, you know, a bad world to just only you know, to have more digital products, but, you know, are focusing on bringing people together physically in, in the, in the real world. Because like, you know, sometimes you talk to some kids nowadays and like, they just like have lack, like their lack of social skills, you know, like they just like, Oh, totally. I think that, that and it's like, do we want to live in that world? That's and the like, at, and, 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 and I think we're at this point where we have to ask ourselves, like if we're building something, if, like what this does to the world around us. So I think it's like, um, I agree that there, there are, uh, downsides to connecting people like without looking them in the eyes, right? Like you're us being in the same room is a complete different experience. If you're recording this podcast, like virtually, right. Or even over like a video chat service where we're not making eye contact because like you're looking at your camera, I'm looking at my camera and it's different angles and it just Some, it's awkward. Something happens in your brain. That's like missing. That yeah. So I think that I, I wonder, I don't know what's going to happen, right? If we solve that problem of, of connecting to each other, like face to face virtually, um, to, to have a higher fidelity, uh, relation basically like of our, um, the years that our humans have sort of evolved into picking up different cues and micro expressions. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's an element that we have to, to create higher fidelity connection is what I would agree with. That's interesting. I like that term term high fidelity connections. I haven't heard that before. Hmm. On the podcast with, with Ben Rubin and Sarah Tavel, we're talking about new ideas and we mentioned, uh, what sort of new data sources, for example, like social network around screenshots, a social network around oh, receipts. Man, I, love that. I love screenshots. But, yeah. Um, but I think it's hard to to build because there isn't like an API. Yeah. Or we were talking about like, remember Michael Sippy's idea, talk show, like public texting. Could, could that work? Or Ben was mentioning like a, a dating site that was like video. Um, I want a dating app. I mean, I'm not, I'm happily married. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need it, want no dating app, but I think that the best dating app that never uh, got to see the light of day or to get status um, was I'm in like with you, which was based around um, games. People were playing games and they were uh, chatting with, with other people that they wanted to date. And it eventually became OMG pop, which eventually did draw something, which eventually sold to Zynga for like 200 million bucks. So they they did they did something with it, but the original premise of I'm in like with you, if it started today, or if you're working on that, hit me up at MSG on the Twitter. 
um, because I think that's that's a thing uh, in terms of and like Snapchat now has has games and it's hella fun and if you're flirting with somebody not like I that I am I'm just like saying playing a, a video game with someone and talking to them creates this connection of just play yeah. that I think cr- removes the barrier of like this friction right. um, point. Every, everything, everything eventually adds messaging. Everything eventually adds a physical component. Everything eventually adds games. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, remember highlight? Is someone going to figure out this location based? Hey, I'm at this event. I'm at South by. I wonder who of my friends also at South by. I mean, people have in, in, in China. Um, I think the U S there's, Media is too heavy with um, scaring people yeah. around around that stuff, yeah. around strangers. Um, but you know, I think Tinder solved that to some extent. I think uh, that's a gr- like that area is actually super ripe because like mm-hmm. f- Facebook is not going to do it yeah. um, because of sensitivities around it. So. I think, yeah, if anyone's working on stuff in that space, yeah. at Greg Eisenberg on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in closing, let's wrap, wrap up, Michael, you got to announce a couple of things. One is, anything else worth mentioning that Facebook not going to do, like like that, that we should cover? I don't know. I think it, Facebook will do everything. Um, I think it's more about... Facebook you know, eventually adds everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's more about what are... Going back to Greg's original point around doing things that you have a better understanding of uh, of and testing and iterating. But I would also say, like, it's not only that, if you're building stuff that you have a better understanding of than anyone else, it's you care more than anyone else. Because a lot of times it's kind of, it's really, really uh, painful to, like, not see the numbers go up or see the numbers go down. And then, but you care enough to, like, keep, you know, fighting another day for the customer, for the user that you're you're building for, um, and that's really important. So you have to like care more, yeah. just to get in the door, I think, right. and then you know have to stack on all the other stuff. I that's a good place to to wrap. I will ask the closing closing question. We're going to be here twelve months from now. Is there anything you hope that would have changed or predict might have changed? And if not, we could just wrap it on that line. But uh, I hope. Facebook opens up their APIs. I think like the way Facebook wins in this like political space is they take an opposite approach of like having like closed gardens. They have like an open garden approach where anyone can build um, the next social network using Instagram, using uh, Facebook in a, I don't know what it looks like, but that, could be really interesting too. Like to Greg's point, you had like a billion people using groups. Like, open that up. Yeah. Um, but who knows if they'll yeah. do that? I just hope to see the future of social to be these bespoke vertical social networks because I think that people become their best selves when they're able to really express themselves and and feel heard and be heard and be with their people and learn about themselves like that was the coolest part about the early internet which is like you're kind of just like learning like finding freaks like you and um i just hope that in 12 months from now we can look back and be like oh yeah there was also people who made a 
bunch of money doing that, like building these networks and have billion dollar outcomes, et cetera. So let's see. Perfect place to wrap. My guests today have been Greg Eisenberg and Michael Galbert. Guys, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Come back in a year. See what happens. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Please hit us up at villageglobal.vc slash network catalyst. 